Well, we started a series last week called God Wants You Well. Of course, we're going to continue that this evening. We're just going to be on this, I believe, for a while. There's, and we could, you know, we could just speak on this uh, for years, but, and, you know, we'll see. I don't think it's going to be years, but, but we're going to, um, we're just going to just camp here. There's so many different angles and just talking about healing. It's been on my heart for a long time. Of course, we speak on these things um, you know, continually over time, and but just we're gonna just uh, marinate here for a while, I believe. Third John two, let's read that. We we're gonna go over some of the scriptures, you know, that I think we'll kind of use as a, a, a jump off place, but um, we'll go on those over and over. But we're just gonna put, uh, pick up with what we had last week and keep going. Third John two says, beloved. I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Now, this is the opening to a letter. Uh, John is, is writing a letter, but this is more than just an opening. This shows you the heart of God. It's inspired by the Holy Spirit. And if a man can write this to a fellow man, friend, and friend, why, why would we think God thinks anything less and somehow doesn't think these things to his children. It says, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. In the Amplified Classic, it says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in every way and that your body may keep well, even as I know your soul keeps well and prospers. In the NIV, it says, Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. It says, I pray that you may enjoy good, well, good health and that all may go well with you. That's pretty easy, isn't it? Isn't that simple? I, I, hope, you're, I hope you're healthy. We would say, hey, you know, hope you're doing well, hope every, all the kids are healthy, hope you're healthy, right? That's what we would say. Well, that's the way God is. The NLT says, Dear friend, I hope all is well with you and you are as healthy in body as you are strong in spirit. You know, why would we think if God wants us to do well in every area, why wouldn't, you know, our body uh, be part of that? I mean, it's just, it's just logical. It's straightforward. If, if you want somebody to do well, you want them feeling well in their body. That just goes, should go without saying. The reason it doesn't is because uh, religion in the earth, man's ideas, religion is just man trying to relate to God in their own way instead of taking God's ways and what God said. They're just making up stuff. And uh, there is an enemy in the world. His name is Satan. And, he, and so people have help coming up with ideas that contradict God's word. So there are ideas that somehow God may not want you well. So it becomes fuzzy. Because although you know a friend, like this is being written, you know a fr you could think of somebody that loves you naturally, a person, it becomes very straightforward that, hey, I, I hope everything's going well, that includes your body. You would think that's straightforward. But when it comes to God, people aren't so sure. It's like, well, you know, did God have some mysterious purpose in this person being sick or this accident happening. Why is that? Why has it become so muddled? 
because people have had help in bringing up or coming up with crazy ideas about God that they wouldn't ascribe to people. You know, if you, somebody is saying they love you, but they, you know, they might break your arm just to teach you something, you're going to doubt what their definition of love is. What do you mean by love? Maybe I don't want you to love me in that way. Just that easy. When, so when then people are like, well, God loves me. And there are people literally, and there are movies about this, and, um, you know, in the name of, of Christ, and I'm not saying people don't have good intentions, but you got to be careful what you watch just because it has a Christian label on it. You, there's ideas that can be there that, that will give you wrong ideas about God. And so there's, there's movies that have people in an accident or have people having a, a, a terminal disease and, the, and the, the people, the actors, or the characters in, in the movie are, are in a book or, you know, um, can be a short story or whatever, but you see movies like this and they're, they're saying, well, we're going to make it through. We don't, we don't know why this happened, but God has a purpose in it. That's not true. That's a lie. You may not know why it happened. You know, somebody may, they, the characters, they may not know why it happened, but now bringing God and saying he's controlling it, that's not true. That's, that's a connection that's being made and trying to make it biblical, and that's not what the Bible teaches. God is not trying to throw these things at his loved ones, kind of a curveball just to get it in there to, you know, we don't understand it. Because people, you know, the people in movies and in real life, I'm saying movies because you, you got to be careful what you look at, but it, the reason those are in movies is because people believe this. And, and, and people in real life do this. Something happens, a tragedy, and, and people are struggling with emotion, and they're struggling with um, just the, the tragedy and the pain, and through tears, they're, 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 they're wanting to believe God, but it, they've been taught that somehow God is responsible, so they're torn. You imagine you lose a loved one and somebody is telling you God did that. Well, naturally, there is the struggle because naturally, if you knew somebody took or killed one of your loved ones, you would be angry with them in the natural. And so then the people are being told it's God that did that. Well, what's the natural reaction? You're angry at God. And so then, but they're being told, but you got to have faith in God. And He loves you. <laughs> And then they're, they're struggling, any person would, they're, they're, they're going, he loves me, he took my loved, what, what? And they're, they're trying to reconcile this. And through it, it's like to, to believe God, and you have to have faith that he's good no matter what. Well, okay, you're, you're trying to believe that no matter what, you're, you're going to believe him. But the part about him doing that and being responsible for the tragedy is not true. And so people are dealing with this, this baggage in the world and this this emotional trauma and trying to reconcile. And in one end, they're just, they're, they're furious at God, but they're, tr they're trying to not, they know that they, they still love him. And the thing that's causing the division is that they're believing wrong that uh, God did something that he didn't, so that causes turmoil when all the while God didn't do anything bad to him. God is a God of love. He's a good God. And they're struggling looking up at him, and he's looking at him going, son, daughter, you, you've been lied to, you don't understand. So he loves them anyway, he loves us anyway, 
But if, they, if we could know the truth, if people could know the truth that, wait a minute, something bad may have happened in the earth, but God was not the instigator, he was not the author, and it was never his will, and then they can come and run to God as the comforter, the one that can help them work through it, but without the baggage of thinking he did it. <laughs> Now that's one aim. We're talking about this up front because we just need, we're talking about God wants you well. There's so much we're going to talk about healing and just how it operates. I mean, what the Bible says and, and these things, but, you know, just coming out of the gate, we need to know that it's God's will that we be well. That number one, he, he, he loves us more than any human could love us and he wants good for us more than any other person. And if we can get that straight, it makes it now easier to start walking into what he said in the word uh, concerning healing because you're not kind of doubting that, well, you know, that's for somebody else or maybe he doesn't want me. I mean, even if it's, we know enough to know that he flat out wouldn't want us sick, does he really want us well? I mean, or is that just for certain people? And is that just so hard to ob obtain? Just, it's a mirage. I got it. I, I've heard about it, but it's just, it's out there. I just, I can't get it. Oh, well. We'll just let other people get it, and I'll go and meet Jesus someday. And No, it's for us. And so the more we know about the Word, the more we can walk in it. And that's why we're looking at what the Word says. The Bible says the truth will make you free. And we're looking at the truth. So we read in the NLT in... Um, Third John 2, I hope all is well with you and that you are healthy in body. Let's look at John 10, 10. It says, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. The thief does not come except to steal, kill, and to destroy. So the Bible tells you it's the thief. It's the devil that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So if it's stealing, killing, and destroying... We can chalk it up. That's not God. It's the devil. Now, what did God come? What did Jesus, Jesus is saying this about himself. Why, what did he come for? It says, he says, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. So Jesus said, I've come that his sheep, he's talking about us, may have life and have it more abundantly. So the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. We're going to talk more about that, I believe, you know, in detail. But just going into it, we need to know why do these things happen? There's a devil, and he's influenced people, and it's not God. So the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but God, Jesus, he came so that we would have life and have it more abundantly. Now, nobody in their right mind would say that having life abundant includes being sick. You're not living the good life when you're sick or you're diseased. No, those things are the thief. Sickness steals from you. Sickness steals your time. It steals your money. It steals attention from your loved ones where they should be doing something else. They have to take care of the person that, that is sick or infirmed or diseased. It's, it's a thief. That, therefore, you know it's not God, it's the devil. In the NLT, it says, The thief's purpose is to steal and to kill and to destroy, but my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. That's what Jesus is saying this about himself. 
I came that they may, or my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Are you satisfied when you're sick or diseased or have something wrong with you? I'm not saying you can't be praising God and content and walking through it. But you're probably not feeling like this is the way things ought to be and I'm happy about it. Nobody. You have to have help to believe otherwise. You have to, you, somebody has got to help you warp your thinking to somehow start thinking sickness and disease is a good thing. Because nobody out of the box thinks that. Nobody default thinks that. A child knows, I'm not feeling good. This is bad. I want to feel good again. Over time then, people have to be helped to believe somehow sickness is in a warped way good. But, Notice what Jesus said. He said, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. In the Amplified Classic, it says, the thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. So again, if you were just to say, oh, well, you know, I'm not... not if you're sick, you're not overflowing. I mean, even if you thought, yeah, I can get through, but that's knocking it back a few, a few notches. I mean, yes, you can praise God through it, but isn't it just better when you don't have to deal with it? Yeah, yeah it's better. So we know. I mean, we're going to read a lot more, but just from these verses, you can see it's, it's God's purpose, it's Jesus' purpose, that, that we be well. James 1.16 and 17, we read this last time as well. It says, Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Don't be deceived. So he's telling you, don't be deceived. Now, we read the context last time, but we're just picking it up here. Don't be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. And comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. And he said, don't be deceived. Don't be deceived about it. Are people deceived? Some people think there's a bad thing and it's coming from God. we got to make sure that is eradicated from our thinking. And... It doesn't matter how long you've heard these things. It matters how much we understand and we apply, and it actually affects how we approach situations when they come up in our life. So it doesn't matter if we've heard teachings on healing. It doesn't matter if we can quote scriptures on healing. What matters is when we face it in real life, how do we respond? Do we start thinking, oh, uh, yeah, we may know it's not God. But do we re- do, does it spring up in us, this has nothing to do with God, and it's got to go, and it's not God's will, and it is His will for me to be fully and perfectly well, and I'm not going to accept anything else because my God is fully behind me. It, it, is that the reaction, or is it kind of like, oh, well, I don't know, maybe it's not, I, I don't have tried, I've heard it, it doesn't work, it's not working for me, I don't have enough faith, any, any of that is, is clouding us. It's actually, it doesn't matter what we think we know, it's how it applies when we come up against an obstacle, and that stuff will cripple us. And so that's what we're, we're, we're teaching on this, we're going to, every one of us is going to come up, I believe. 
Every single one of us is going to come up because we're going to look at the Word and God's going to help us to get more just entrenched in His Word and um, just on that foundation, just uh, more secure in what He has said. Verse 17 says, Every good and good gift and perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. So there's no changing with him. What he said, what he has said in the past and done in the past, is what he's going to do now. Let's look at, um, let's go down to John 14, verse 7. read this last week, John 14, 7. It says, If you had known me, you, had a, you would have known my Father also, and from now on you know him and have seen him. This is Jesus speaking. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is sufficient for us. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father, so how can you say, show us the Father? Do you, do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves." So if we go back to verse 9, Jesus is speaking. He says, have I been with you so long, Philip? Because Philip goes, show us the Father. And so Jesus is saying, have I been with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So Jesus is saying, if you've seen me, you see the Father. In other words, Jesus is the will of the Father in action. What we see Jesus doing, then we know that is what God's will is. Because Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He said, do you, and then he said, the words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me, he does the works. Notice that. The Father who dwells in me, he's doing the work. He's doing the work. So what you see Jesus doing, the works he, you see him doing, the Father is doing. That means what you see Jesus doing is the will of God. So if we look at Jesus and we see what he's doing, then we know what the will of God is. So this is another part. We've read a few scriptures looking at um, some of these scriptures. We've read every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father lights, that Jesus came, that we would have life and have it abundantly, that wish above all things you prosper and be in health. Well, if we just look at Jesus, what did he do? And if we look at that and we start to see, wait, so is Jesus coming and causing sickness or is Jesus coming and healing? And that's what we're going to look at. Because when you look at what he's doing, if he's causing sickness, well, then we know God's the one that's causing sickness. But if we look at Jesus and he's healing, then we know that's what God's will is, the Father's will is. 
And so then we don't have to question it. We don't have to wonder. We know. We have God's word on it. So Acts 10.38, we read this last week, but let's look at it. It says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. Do you have Acts 10.38? How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. So God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, so, for God was with him. So it says, Jesus went about not doing evil, not creating sickness. He went about doing good and healing. So doing good, healing is good. We know healing is good, but this is just emphasizing. He went about doing good. It didn't say he went about doing good and then you don't throw something bad in there. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. So the devil, again, we'll, we'll I think, dive into that more later, but we need to know just simply, the devil is the one that's the author of sickness excuse me, and disease. He's the oppressor. Jesus, if he is going about healing and God's the one that's causing the sickness, then he's going against himself. You, again, you just have to think some weirdness to start going, well, but that's the way God works. I mean, he did this, but he did it to, to you know, to, to teach us something, so then Jesus is going to come and heal it. That's counterproductive. Any, anybody that has half a brain knows you don't go about business like that. Well, you know, have this guy, you know, do something and then have the other guy undo it. Dig the hole and then go have the other guy fill it up. You're just wasting money. You're wasting resources. God's not a fool. And he's not wicked. I mean, this is this easy, guys. I mean, we... So we need to get bold. When, when you, ever you hear anything that contradicts the, the goodwill of God, you just, instead of going, well, is that true? Just emphatically, just stand up and go, no, it's not true. I know God better than that. I love people on earth, and they love me more than that, and God loves me more than any of it, so I don't have to just think about it and ponder, is that religiously correct? Just say, no, it's not. That's foolish. And it's blasphemy. God is not bad. He's a good God. And if I know a person that loves me and wouldn't do that to me, God loves me much more. So no, that's the devil. And no, I'm not going to believe any of it. It's God's will that I be well. That's always the case. It's his will that doesn't matter. And people say, well, I messed something up. So I did this. I brought this on myself. Could be true. But don't stop there. God's a merciful God and a good God, and he wants you well anyway. You know, somebody smoked all their life. Oh, they got black lungs. Well, I did this. Just got just to gotta deal with it. No, God can make those lungs as pink as a baby's lungs if you let him. He's a merciful God. Well, I overused something, or I, I did something wrong, and I just messed up. God's a merciful God, and he'll heal you anyway. He's not going to hang it over your head and go, well, you didn't do it right, so no. I mean, Jesus came so that we, none of us did it right. We don't deserve salvation. And we'll talk about this. Healing is part of salvation. 
It's part of the package. It's one of the benefits. It's in your HR packet. <laughs> and it all came together. If you don't deserve healing, you don't deserve being right with God either. Is there a natural part? Yes, don't go out and just try to cripple yourself or try to you know, do something. But you know, if you know, yeah, that was wrong, I shouldn't have done it, then just go to God and receive his mercy and say, God, you want me well anyway. And he'll, he is, his will is for you to be well. Just like, we're going to get this, just like you would with somebody you love. If you really loved them, you wouldn't go, oh no, you messed up, sorry. If you had it in, the pow, in your power to say, yeah, I hear you messed up, let's fix it anyway. You would do that for your kid, right? You would do that for your spouse if you love them. You would do that for your sibling. You would do that for your best friend. How much more God? He's good. So it says here in Acts, it says, He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. It says that's what Jesus was doing when he's on earth. Look at Hebrews 13.8. It says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. See, Jesus didn't just start existing when he was born uh, in, in the manger. You know, we celebrate Christmas. Don't know exactly, you know, timing, but that's not when Jesus came into existence. Jesus has always been. He's God. John says he is the Word. The Word was God. He is with God, and he existed. He, he has always existed. And so it says, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So whatever you see Jesus doing in the Bible is what he's doing now. Which means that's what he'll do for us. Now. For us. What do we have to do? We just believe him. We just say, all right, I'll get in on that. I believe it. So let's look at Matthew 8, verse 1. We're just going to look at a few verses, and we'll see how far we get. But, you know, we're not in a rush with this whole thing. So we could pick up in the same thing next week. We'll just, we're just, we want to get these things, not like check a box and say, oh, we, you know, we preached on this, preached on this, preached on this. No, we just want to get it, and we have to marinate on some things. We're just going to do our best to flow with God. Matthew 8, verse 1. <clears throat> It says, when he had come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. So as we're reading these things, we said, we read generally Jesus does good. We read here he's the same. So when you're reading these things, this is what he would do if he were here in the flesh. He is here in spirit. When he had come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, a leper came and worshipped him saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Now, a lep leprosy is a, a skin condition, and we don't have a lot of it in that form today, but it, it's eating away flesh. And so this guy is dealing with that, and he comes to Jesus and says, if you are willing, you can make me clean. In other words, if you want to, I know you have the power. He's asking, do you want to? Verse 3, then Jesus put out his hand and touched him, which Jesus is not supposed to touch him. 
This is a leprosy. This is a skin condition. This, he's, not, he's not supposed to, according to the customs and the law and all that stuff. He's not supposed to do this. He put out his hand and touched him and said, I am willing. Be cleansed. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. So the guy comes to him. He's suffering. He, he's, he's got a skin disease. He comes to Jesus and says, I know you have the power. Is it your will for me to be well? Me to be well. And Jesus says, I, I am willing. Be well. Be cleansed. And immediately he was cleansed. So it's, it, it, this is showing it was Jesus' will to heal the man. To heal him. To heal him. Now, as we're looking at these examples, people say, well, it was his will to heal him, but, you know, you just don't know about everybody. We've read a lot. We've read general scriptures, and we're going to read more. But now we're going to read scriptures where you're seeing him healing all kinds of people. Now, he never, you cannot find an example of Jesus' walk on the earth where he ever put sickness on anybody. If it were God's will for somebody to be sick, surely somebody would have gotten sick by Jesus, or somebody would not have gotten healed that came to him for healing. That never happened. And we read that if you're looking at Jesus, you're looking at the Father. Because Father's doing the works. So you just logically cannot insert that kind of a thing. If you're looking at Jesus, Jesus is, came for the new covenant and came to bring salvation to mankind. And part of that salvation is healing. So when we look at him, we are looking at God's manifest will on the earth. Matthew 4, verse 23, another example. It says, And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel, or the good news of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. So what did he do? He went about all Galilee teaching, preaching, and healing. All kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. Verse 24, Then his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments, and those who were demon-possessed, epileptics, and paralytics, and he, what? Healed them. So Jesus went around teaching and preaching and healing, and then the word got out. People found out that this was going on. So if we read in verse 24, his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases. So then people find out, wow, he's doing that. I'm bringing the people. I, I'm going to bring somebody that's sick. I'm sick. I'm going. Now, as we're reading this, and we'll get into this, this is not just Jesus. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That We are saved through what Jesus did, and part of that package is healing, and part of what Jesus did when, when he was leaving, he said, now you go and do what I've done. 
He said, greater works will you do. He gave the church commission to do what he would do if he were here in the flesh. So all this applies to us now. And we'll substantiate that more and more, but when we're looking at him, you need to know this isn't just Jesus 2,000 years ago. No, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's doing the same thing he always has done, which is to set people free, to heal them, to make them whole in every way. He's just doing it through his body, which is the church on the earth. And it's the right and privilege of every Christian on the earth, if they know it, to be well and healed and whole. This is our right, our privilege. So in verse 24, Then his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments, and those who were demon-possessed, epileptics, and paralytics, and he did what? He healed them. So this is his will, for us to be well and healthy and whole. That is always his will for us to be well. Now let me just insert this here. We're going to talk about these things more and more. But we're emphasizing it is God's will for you to be well all the time. And ultimately, it's his will for you to be healed and whole his power is able to do all things. But just like you with your children or your family, ultimately what he wants is for you to be well. How you get well is secondary. Don't get hung up on how the method is and like some methods are better than others and miss just being well. That is God's will for you. At the end of the day, your body, yes, it's the temple of the Holy Spirit, but it's just a really complicated machine that's going to go in the garbage when we're done with it. <laughs> yes, we'll be resurrected. We'll have a body that's resurrected, but you're not going to get this one. So don't get hung up on just everything's got to be, you know, don't get religiously minded and, oh, if I don't get it this way, then it's not God's will or God didn't do this and so I'm a second-class Christian or whatever. Bottom line is you want to be well and you want to do what God has you for you to do on the earth and that's more important than anything else. And just be strong. God wants me well, so then you start looking at what God, and then he'll lead you for you, where you're at to get well. He's not going to lead you He's not going to lead you the way he leads somebody else in some different condition or whatever. He's going to give you the steps you need to take to get well. And that's the bottom line. Thank God for doctors. Thank God for medical science. Because a lot of people be dead or they be completely bedridden or crippled if it weren't for that. You don't preach against that. Thank God they're a helps ministry to what Jesus does on the earth. Look at it that way. God wants you well. There's certain things that can help, and if somebody is not, you know, at the point where it can just be completely by faith, and that's not a condemning statement, it just is, then just focus on getting well and taking the steps God will give you in your life, where you're at, so that you can be well, because that's His will. And if you, the more we're like that, the more free we'll get to just be receiving anything anyway. Because we won't get hung up, I can't do that, or can't do this, or somebody did this, and I'm not doing this. So, and then it did, you just get in your head. And you don't get anything. 
forget all that, and let's just go forward and just thank God for what he's doing. And in the midst, maybe your faith is growing while you're walking through something. In the middle of it, something gets you from point A to point B while your faith's growing, so then you can go forward from that, but don't discount those things. We'll talk more about that. But, do, you know, there's just there's legalism, there's pride that get, gets in the way. There's all these kinds of things, which I believe will get into some of these things in more detail. But just the bottom line, we need to just the overriding thing is God wants us well. And when we're talking to other people, when we're dealing with ourselves, when we're dealing with loved ones, is how can we get through so that we're well and with everything God has given us where we're at and what's available and so that we get over the hump. Amen. It's not settling, it's getting to the right goal and then you just moving forward and being realistic with where you're at so that you can partake of what Jesus has for you. Praise God. Let's read uh, one or two more and we'll wrap up here. And we'll, we'll, we'll pick up. Matthew 8, uh, verse 14 <clears throat> It says, when Jesus had come into Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother lying sick with a fever. So Peter's mother-in-law was laying there sick with a fever. So he touched her hand and the fever left her. And she arose and served them. Verse 16, when evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed and he cast out the spirits with a word, and he healed all who were sick. That it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. We'll, we'll get into that more later, but this is, this is saying that this is part of salvation. It's saying Isaiah prophesied that he himself took our infirmities. He bore our sicknesses, and it's saying this is fulfilling that prophecy, what's going on right here is that people are being healed. Let's read 16 again. It says, When evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with the word, and he healed all who were, he who were sick. He healed them all. So he started out. He comes into Peter's house. His mother-in-law is sick. She's got a fever. He touches her hand. She gets healed. Then he comes out when, ev when evening had come and people are coming to him and all the people said they all the people that were sick God healed Matthew 12 verse 15 <clears throat> it says when Jesus knew it he withdrew from there and great multitudes followed him and he healed them all. Notice the multitudes are following Jesus. They're coming after Jesus. They want something from Jesus, and every one of them got healed. He didn't, there wasn't a single one that he turned back and said, no, nah, not you. I know you. You know, God quickened him by a word of knowledge, and he's like, oh yeah, you, you, no, no, you get out of the way. I know your background. No, not you. Oh, and you too. No, disqualified. You get in that line. You too. No, this, these though, you can be healed. 
Oh, wait, one more. Late, late common message. God the Father has given me. Oh, yeah, I remember what you did. Get over there. No healing for you. Some of you got that reference. but it, <laughs> No, God is good. They healed all of them. Jesus healed all of them. If you say God healed them, you say Jesus healed them, same thing, because Jesus God is God and God is doing the works through Jesus. Amen. And that's what he wants for us. The Bible is not that hard. It's just, we, we, just, we, we have so much uh, junk in the earth that's dark, but when you, the word will set us free, and God wants us to be well, period. Amen? Praise God. 